Harrison. More than anybody. Me was my friend of many years, painter, writer, musician, and raconteur extraordinaire. Boy, can he tell a story. His studies of North African music and magic, of Japanese and Arabic calligraphy, as well as his own painting and writing, were influential upon a whole generation of creative individuals who went on to launch the cultural revolution of the 60s and 70s. He was at ease with the Rolling Stones, the musicians of ancient Jujuka, with the princesses and duchesses of Europe, and the young emigres who flocked to the Beat Hotel in Paris in the 1950s. When we lived there and began our collaboration, uh, Brian invented the dream machine and the cut-up method, and his ideas were crucial to my own development as a writer. Good evening. Welcome, Dr. Zeus Film Podcast. That is William S. Burroughs, who died 25 years ago this week. He was 80, how old was he? William S. Burroughs was a controversial figure in publishing. Known for Naked Lunch, the book Queer, Cities of the Red Knight. Junkie. Gay. I mean, <laughs> he was born William Seward Burroughs II, February 5th, 1914, in St. Louis, Missouri. And died August 2nd, 1997, at the age of 83 in Lawrence, Kansas. He was also known as William Lee, the 1960s counterculture. <sighs> in 1983, Burroughs was elected to the American Academy and Institute of Arts and Letters. Um, J. J. or J. G. Ballard considered Burroughs to be the most important writer to emerge since the Second World War, while Norman Mailer declared him the only American writer who many who may be convincedly possessed by genius. <laughs> oh, Norman, Norman, Norman. Yeah. William S. Burroughs had a very colorful life, filled with guns and punk, and every now and then, when his birthday, you know, I'll do something for his birthday, he was, he was, I mean, he appeared in, um, Drugstore Cowboy with Matt Dillon, and then he also did some commercials, but, I mean, he, in, in terms of the longevity, he lived a really, really long time, 83 years, <sighs> right now, he would be a hundred and how old would he be? Hundred and eight, or hundred and five? Mm. Probably a hundred and eight. Um, let's see. He also recorded. He's also in Ministries music video. Just one fix. All the counterculture people and all the people of the 90s flocked to him. Busyness or carelessness 
mean, he didn't make an outline of the story. He wasn't writing traditional fiction, <laughs> to say the least. <clears throat> so he would just write whatever came up in his imagination, whatever characters he was thinking about that time, whatever scenes he imagined. And what holds them together in an overall structure is the evolution of his thoughts and imagination through those years. Who really gave that order? Answer, control. The ugly American, the instrument of control. Question, if control's control is absolute, why does control need to control? Answer, control needs time. He was very human, and especially in his later years, which, after all, is when I knew him. He was very human. Uh, his, his human heart, his compassion heart, grew. He became more and more uh, uh, kind of generally grateful to the family of friends here in Lawrence, and uh, it made a home for him. Uh, my project, and all of us, was to provide something like a normal life for an elderly man. And not to be driven crazy by the demands of fame and celebrity. We brought together today some of the people that is William's family surviving. Uh, none of us is related by blood, but we're related by bonds just as deep or deeper. Well, to me, to me William was a friend uh, and somebody I saw several times a week. Uh, when I came here today, it's the first time I've come to this house and look in the freezer and there's no vodka makes me very sad and I know why now but I came here often to talk to William or to fix him dinner or to take him to go shooting with Jose and TP target shooting to go to the lake uh, to ask him questions about his manuscript so he was a friend and I think I'm uh, typical of, of people that lived in Lawrence that he was a friend and a man we knew uh, he wasn't a to the people that lived on either side of him. He wasn't uh, William Burroughs, the author. He was the man that lived here, the same way at the lake. His neighbors knew him as an elderly man. And I think uh, most people I know in Lawrence felt that way too. He was keeping journals in the last year of his life. He knew that his death was coming. He was getting tired of being so old. You know, he had arthritis, he couldn't roll a joint. He couldn't type very well, so he hand-wrote the journals. You know, he couldn't, he couldn't see. In general, he, um, he knew that the end was coming, and so he, st he studied himself. He thought about his life, and he, and, he, and he made peace with it. There's a great acceptance and spiritual calm in his work. I mean, here's a, a picture taken by Jose Ferez in the last... Uh, weeks of William's life, and that's William's handwriting underneath. He says, old man of letters, embalmed in cats and roses. He wrote that on one of these cards that he was sending to an old friend. So for the funeral, we, we chose this, this image. And, um, and then on the back is the porch of the house with William gone. And inside reproduced his last words in his journal which he knew he must have known they could be his last words love what is it most natural painkiller what there is love 
And I'm very touched that that he gave us that for a final moment. And so that was who was that? Joseph Rankoff um talking about William S. Burroughs and his death because he knew. When you've gotten to eighty three years of age, people know. Or when you get to ninety five, people know, or when you get to one hundred and six, people know. The last thing that William S. Burroughs ever did was appear in U2's The Last Night on Earth video. Okay, William, go for the sword, man. Bring not peace, but a sword. Got a, got a copy of your X-ray, man. Great piece, I love it. Yeah, uh, everyone flocked to him. Al Jorgensen flocked to him. You two flocked to him. He was an actor. He was a writer. I loved it when he was in Drugstore Cowboy. Oh my God. Him with Matt Dillon? Come on. Um. Discretion in 1970, you were inside, I believe. Result is in my descent to this sorry state. As a matter of fact, I'm feeling a bit sick right now. Are you holding? Nope. He got me on the 21 days thing, methadone. So he would always say to people, not only on film, but in real life. Are you holding? Because he always wanted drugs. Yep. He was a prolific writer. He was controversial. Patty Smith loved him. A generation feared him. Another generation flocked to him. He was on Saturday Night Live. We gave him the flowers. <sighs> yeah. What a interesting man. <laughs> the cut-up method. 
Clipper Audio pre What it means, no one can ever tell. There's the book Chunky. There's the documentaries. This is Burroughs on his good friend oh, Jack Kerouac. And I and I hate these commercials. I dislike them. I shouldn't say hate. Hate is such a strong word. Except Here we go. That was enough. Well, of course, he started a, a cultural revolution of unprecedented worldwide um, extent. Yet he didn't even, he didn't acknowledge it. Well, he didn't acknowledge it, but uh, he was one of the people instrumental in starting it. Oh, I mean, in what sense? Well, the whole beat movement. Well, in what Which, uh, which uh, has become a worldwide cultural revolution of absolutely unprecedented. There's never been anything like it before. Penetrating the Arab countries, uh, which was really a hermetic society. And then their affiliation with the political activists, all that that, um, that went on in the 60s. Although the beats were originally non-political, uh, others who were political were really following the beat movement to its logical conclusion. But, Bur but Kerouac didn't seem to have any sense of that or desire for it or acceptance of it? I mean, well, no, he didn't. He was completely uh, apolitical. I don't think he ever took part in a demonstration or signed a petition. But he started it. Uh, as Jesus Christ said, by their fruit she shall know them, not by their disclaimers. <laughs> Pick up a girl and take her to her, go to her house. Pick her up. Take her to, to the party. And uh, you're supposed to spend some time with her at the party, of course, and take her home. Do you have any problem making conversation? Uh, not really. You know, they were just, just uh, ready to talk about absolutely anything. Were they frightened of you, do you think? Oh, I don't think so at all. <laughs> they think you were cute? I don't know. They didn't say so. <laughs> In fact, they had... They had the, Apparently they had a bad opinion of me because I heard through really? the yeah. sister, Rex Weisenberg, that the girls are down on you. Oh, what for? I, I don't know. They just didn't you never like found it. out? No, no, it wasn't any particular thing. Yeah. It was just my emanations, they felt. No. Mm. Did you feel bad about it? No, I didn't feel bad. Not at all? I would have been ashamed of myself if that had happened to me. Yep. Uh, my first reading tonight... William S. Burroughs wrote books. He was in movies. He was political. He was provocative. He was punk rock. Unpleasant dreams. <laughs> 